0: Well, well, well,
1: beautiful people, Best Damn Nation, it is Wednesday, and you know what time it is. It is the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast. My name is Brian Renegade, and with me, I have the Best Damn Crew. First of all, uh, you see this man's pectorals. Uh, In a dark alley He can either save your life Or beat the hell out of you And throw you in the trash can He is the green eyed bandit He is the king of grapple He's your mama's favorite wrestler And he can whoop your daddy ass Mr. Everything
0: Victor Andrew what's happening I hey, can't nobody hear you bro <laughs> my bad, my bad. I'm so excited
1: so excited for today's show welcome 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 everybody we are here we made it to 2024 happy new year my brother renegade happy new year to you brother man Listen, year, brother. this year I have labeled it God year okay this is God year because I feel like he's going to give us everything that we've been waiting for, we've been fighting for, all the struggles we went through, all the storms we've gone through. And just to let you know that this is God year. just to show the whole world, the best damn nation, that this is God year. let me give you guys a little preview of what God did for me. Mr. Everything is now in yo. Sit with <laughs> a good friend who found me and has allowed me to utilize his gym with full equipment. Mr. Everything has moved up. This is God year. This is the year where success is imminent. We're gonna do big things this year. So y'all already know if you're in a big rally. Fixing, fixing, boy. If you're in Wake County, Johnson County, Durham County, Wayne County, Cumberland County, I don't care if you ain't Charlotte County. Come see your boy. Come get a good workout in. Oh, man. That's your boy, uh, Mr. Everything. Uh, If you want to get a good workout in, man, uh, get, get trained by Mr. Everything. Boxing, wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Fitness, all that jazz, anything that you want. But I have to introduce the villain of villains. The Black Grinch. This man is the Renaissance man. He's Beyonce's real baby daddy. The one and only (laughs) L.P. is in the building. What's going on? What's going on? Oh, man. What's good with you, my brother? Happy New Year. You know what I'm saying? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh, that jazz, man. It's good to see you, brothers, man. Uh, Glad to see you for another year. Beautiful people. We got some hot stuff going on for you. Uh, Comment in the box. Uh, Show us some love. You know what I'm saying? If you're on Facebook twitter twitch uh x tw- tw- well twitter is x well x you know what i'm saying if you're on any of those platforms what watching us uh welcome to the best damn wrestling podcast if you're in radio land then uh spotify iHeartRadio, pandora apple music uh any of the platforms where you get your podcast you can listen to your boys the best damn wrestling podcast we the best thing smoking yeah uh Fellas, we got a big interview today. Uh, Mr. Everything, I'm just going to let you uh, tell the people about uh, the guest that we have for today. Yes, yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, one of the best talents out there. Uh, he's traveled all over the world. He's had multiple tours with Japan, and he's getting ready to actually go back again pretty soon. I'm going to let him tell you about his career story. He's an amazing man. I want to introduce you all to a good friend and past opponent, Ryan Davison, ladies and gentlemen. We want to get, have a chance to talk, talk to him, chop it up with him, and uh, get to know Mister Ryan Davidson today. Oh man, so we're excited for that interview. Uh, but fellas, we got to get into some of this wrestling news, like we does, uh, beautiful people uh we do this each and every week you know it's my favorite thing to do uh prepare yourself for hot topics uh i'm I'm going to go with the hot button right now uh that's on all of the uh blogs and the news feeds and the wrestling world to get all the tongues wagging um your boy chris jericho Is in some hot water right now, man. Uh, He has some allegations of uh, some sexual misconduct, uh, backstage sexual harassment uh, claims from from multiple people. So I want to get you guys' thoughts on that, man. Uh, Let me go ahead and go to the villain of the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast. Uh, LP, have you been checking up on this uh, Chris Jericho news, man?
2: Uh, no, I, I saw something a little bit about it the other day, but I hadn't really had a chance to dive into it. Um I mean at this point who ain't got sex harassment charges? <laughs> so it's like everybody. So no, I I haven't had a chance to follow who it is or who's been saying that. Um I did see something briefly about it, but I'm not I'm not completely up to date with uh what he did or what he allegedly done.
1: Well, uh, allegedly, he's uh, allegedly made passes at uh, women uh, before. Um, there was a stigma going around that he would steal people's girlfriends, wrestlers' girlfriends, uh, which is a no-no in the wrestling world. Uh, I'm not sure how true those allegations are, but, you know, <laughs> hey, Mr. Steal Your Girl, I know, not know, I, I didn't know, because Jericho was Mr. Steal Your Lady. Uh your <laughs> chick i think that he made a list. What you thought that list was for? Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That list, yeah. Ooh. Mm. A hit list. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, just say everything being a wrestler, man, uh, have you ever seen stuff backstage where, you know, you thought that it might have been questionable or uh, you know, some uh so wrestling may have took it too far. No, there's anybody doing no, no, no craziness like that around me. They know better. If, if I see something, I'm not saying something. I'm doing something about it. So um, no, I have not experienced that. I have heard stories of different areas and different guys, and a lot of them get canceled and whatever. Um, I hope this news about Chris Jericho is not true. Um, because he is like a pioneer of this generation as far as the professional wrestling goes. So, I don't know, man, it's only time we tell, And Here's the thing. Wait, is thats
2: that is the that, that, is that allegations that he was, he took somebody's girlfriend? That's not harassment, what's, what's wrong with that?
1: Well, you know, well, I, I was just saying um, that that was something that he was known for in certain locker rooms. Um, so, so was Edge. <laughs> so was John Cena. <laughs> you know, it I mean, different time. I guess it was a different time back then, but you know, always say, do not bring the girls in the locker room. They're not wrestlers, they're not talent. they got no business in the locker room anyway. So, well, the problem is with talent, you know, some of the talent have, uh, you know, Filed sexual harassment claims with uh, within the AEW, and uh, Tony Khan has some uncomfortable questions to really answer. You know what I'm saying? Um, about Tony his sexual harassment policy. Tony Khan is an uncomfortable question. <laughs> have you ever yeah, seen Tony, 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 Tony Khan?
2: He looks nervous all the time. Yes, he he gonna, he gonna have a... I think he regrets buying... Uh, <laughs> he don't look happy. Like I think Tony Khan needs to you know how every time you see the Cowboys, y'all got to see Jerry Jones. We don't give a shit about Jerry Jones. You don't <laughs> see the other owners. Tony, Tony Gaines, he could have behind the scenes and not even had, you know, let everybody think that it was Jerry there running the show or something, but he just, he's not, he don't need to be. He's not Eric Bischoff. You know, Eric Bischoff was a totally different person where he was, he was there, but he, he knew how to entertain and be part of the product and yada, yada, yada. You know, right. Eric Bischoff. Bishaw hates Tony Khan. He talks shit about Tony Khan all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tony Tony Khan just needs to sit down somewhere, stop doing press conferences. Like you're not a wrestler, you're not a, nobody cares what you think. He takes a lot of unnecessary heat, is basically what I'm saying. Uh
1: well, you know, I, I think that he he's a real fan at heart, man. And if you have the ability to buy something that you love and care about you know what i'm saying I, I i see him as a big kid having fun and living the dream you know what i'm saying i having his own company you know what i'm saying <laughs> i just see tony car as a big kid with a bunch of active figures uh <laughs> playing the make mix, a make sure dream though as much as he's going through is he really living a dream or is it like a nightmare
2: now because no nah, that's that's like that's getting that girlfriend you thought you wanted and you realize she annoying and shit <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Well, uh, you know, I, I I think that it'll pass over, man. Um, I hope that the claims aren't true. Uh and there's always some kind of discourse, uh some type of disruption within the backstage of AEW. And they, I think that they're quickly becoming known for that more than they are for some of the great matches that they've been putting on lately, like, man. Um so we'll see. I I really don't want uh it to go any further but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you gotta watch what you say. You don't want to get me tooed. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we talked yeah. to Austin Aries, he was saying I got me too too. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta watch, you gotta watch what you're doing nowadays, man. You know what I'm saying? It ain't <laughs> the old days like like it used to. Be. Very true. Oh man, uh, fellas, uh, speaking of AEW, man, uh, they now have a new champion in Samoa Joe, uh, he defeated MJF, and he is their new AEW champion, let me go around the board real quick, I want to get your thoughts on this to see how you feel, uh, Samoa Joe would do as a champions for AEW. Let me go, LP.
2: Uh, I think he's I think he's great. Um I always hate that they was never gonna give him the chance on WWE. So I'm happy to see Joe get this opportunity. I mean the dude's earned it. He's been in the game for a long time. He's a beast on the mic. He's a beast in the ring. I never understood why WWE didn't go ahead and let him get to that that point where he could have got I think I think he's gonna be a pretty good I think he's gonna be a pretty good
1: champion yeah. Well, he had the opportunity to win the NHC championship. Yeah, and I thought that they were going to do something with that. And then he got apparently hurt and then started doing the commentary right after that. Um, I wanted him to stay on the product, man, because I love Samoa Joe. Um, and I've been watching a little bit of what he's been doing since he's been in AEW, not as much. But, you know, Joe is Joe, man, and, and I love uh, what Joe is, can do. Now, will he elevate the AEW product? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure he'll put on some great matches and really push the talent. And that's a type of wrestler that you need. Um, I think that MJF was doing more harm as a champion than he was doing good, to be honest with you. Um, Mr. Everything, how do you feel that Samoa Joe is now your AEW champion? Uh, man, I, I really don't. I really don't know. I I don't know what it'll do for AEW, honestly. I don't know what what Samoa Joe could do in terms of being champion for AEW. I think they're getting to a point now where they're just trying to put the belt on anybody just to make it some type of relevance, Uh, and Samoa Joe is like the next best thing outside of MJF. I don't, I don't, I don't know who who can you really see taking the belt off of him in a singles competition? Like they would have to do some type of stipulation type of deal for Samoa to lose the belt because he is like a really dominant type of um, talent. In terms legit, of it. Yeah. yeah. Like if nobody really is gonna, is gonna legit go out there and be like, yeah, I could beat Samoa Joe. Like I, he and he he made a, an open challenge, and I I responded to it on Twitter. I ain't gonna lie, because I'm like. I'll get in with him. I don't care. I'll bang with Samoa Joe. I hope he's watching. I hope he's listening. Samoa, if you listening, what up? What up? What's what's going on? What you trying to do? Um, but you know, it remains to be seen. Let's let's see who actually steps up to the plate and who can actually elevate. That is the biggest thing as a champion, is whoever your um your competition is, you have to be able to elevate them to make yourself look more relevant. Ooh. Uh, I'm excited to see Joe as champion, man. Uh, but do I think that he's going to elevate the AEW product? I don't, know. I don't, I don't really
2: know. I don't think he has to elevate the AEW product. I think that's one of the problems as modern day wrestling fans. Everybody's looking at somebody to elevate the whole show. As long as he's a good champion, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. So more Joe going to make people start watching AEW? No, but MJF really wasn't either. I mean, people might here and there, but it's not like with the accession of John Cena or The Rock or somebody like that going to AEW, nothing's going to shock that. So what AEW need to focus on is doing what they're doing, putting on this, putting on good like they started off doing the where, where AEW is, is, is losing stuff is they're trying to compete with WWE if they don't need to. It goes back like DC when DC try to put out a Justice League movie. Damn near the third damn movie after they started trying to catch up with Marvel, who've been doing it for ten years. Don't try to battle a. uh Don't try to battle WWE. Just put out your product, and I think if they do that and they keep building their stars, because what a lot of people don't realize, AEW is building stars. Nobody MJ. Who tell me where MJF was before AEW? Because I never heard of him before. I don't know about y'all. I I, I, I never heard of him.
1: He was just on independence. That's it. He was on the. Like, independence. Yeah.
2: And uh Darby, Darby Allen, uh Cassidy, all these names that they have built in WWE, I mean in AEW, who if they were to go to WWE now, more people would know them. AEW is damn near coming a developmental for, for WWE. But they're making they're making stars. So let's not I, I think sometimes people get a little bit twisted about AEW. They're making some home, they got some homegrown stars. Actually, in my personal opinion, they probably making more stars. Then WWE, mm. In the, recently, WWE is getting better at making some of their people bigger stars than they were. But I really think if you, with WWE, you're on the biggest product there is. AEW, you're on a, a lesser product, but you're still building your stars that people actually know. Hang, Hangman Page and some of the other young books, the only reason why I know of them is because of Ring of Honor. And that's because I used to watch Ring of Honor when it used to come on TV. Only with no cable, it's the only damn thing wrestling I can watch was <laughs> Ring of Honor because it came on like three times a day on Saturday. But yeah. the average person was not watching Ring of Honor. So yeah, I think I, I think I think that I think AEW be all right if they stay their course and stop trying to compete.
1: Mm. That's an interesting perspective. Um well if we go back to uh WWE and NXT man. One uh character that you guys might be familiar with is uh Velveteen Dream Man. And uh he has some allegations against him as well. Um uh, some inappropriate behavior with uh some male minors and uh you know taking pictures of wrestlers and using the restroom, stuff like that. Uh those yeah. allegations. Uh, so um uh, he just recently uh almost dropped the usher's confession uh and pretty much just you know asking for forgiveness for some of the things that uh he's been accused of or whatever the case may be uh let's hear it from the mouth of velvet tea drink
3: As you've probably seen or have heard over the course of the last few years, I want to apologize for my behavior. Both professionally and personally, I always preach to those closest to me about the power of accountability and responsibility, and I take full accountability for my behavior over the last three years of my life. When narratives were written about me, uh, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter what was written about me, it doesn't matter what was said about me, it doesn't matter what's on the internet about me, I was wrong. Okay, uh, and because of that I need to apologize to a few people first I want to apologize to the WWE organization I want to apologize to the WWE organization for any unwanted attention and negative press that I brought to your brand and your product I want to apologize to the WWE fans and the Velveteen Dream fans because when you hear the name Velveteen Dream it should have only been spoken about in a productive and a positive light uh, not the name Patrick Clark, uh, as another statistic of what happens when talent and opportunity meet immaturity. Okay, uh, That's not what you spend your hard-earned money on. It's not what you invest your time and your money in. When you look on the TV and you come to the shows, you should uh, escape reality, not have to deal with mine. Um, I want to apologize to the WWE and the fans. I want to apologize to Paul Levesque. Paul, you are such an understanding and patient man and leader. And getting the opportunity to work with you and to learn from you, I get the sense of what makes you who you are and how you've been able to handle the responsibility of being in the public light for such a long time. Uh, I want to apologize to you, Paul. I'm sorry. Uh, Also, I want to say I'm sorry to Shawn Michaels. Sean, it's still beyond me that I've been having the opportunity in this lifetime to learn from you, to have your mentorship and your guidance. And I apologize if you feel like you've wasted your time and your energy uh, investing into me. You have not. Uh, I'm still a work in progress. I'm still learning. And I remember all the lessons that you've taught me. Uh, Sean, I'm sorry my best friend it's a Hootie miles i want to apologize to you uh... because before you were tied to me publicly uh, for the support you've given me and you continue to give me your resume was impeccable and i apologize for any smudges that i may have put on that resume because of my behavior uh, you're the last person that should have to deal with anything like that and i'm sorry man uh, I wanna apologize to my family, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, my nieces and my nephews because you may read things, uh, you may hear about things, you may uh, be confronted by people who you don't know and you might feel the need to explain yourselves on my behalf. I just want you to know that you do not have to do that ever. No one should have to explain anything for Patrick Clark. No one should have to trend because of Patrick Clark. No one should have to ask, you know, answer the questions. Oh, where's Patrick now? What did Patrick do? What happened with Patrick? That's not your responsibility. And I don't want you to feel burdened with that responsibility. That's my responsibility. Okay. And I apologize to you all for any energy, uh, negative energy that has had to come your way because of me. Okay. Again, I want to apologize to the fans and those in my professional and personal life that I've affected by my behavior. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I recognize that I was losing myself and I apologize to anyone that I lost along the way. Anyone that I've upset or offended because of my behavior, Um, man, I'm sorry. And I hope you all forgive
1: me. Thank you. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. <laughs> man, if I got to beg and plead for some sympathy, he, he would have taken a jack. Oh, man. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Um, but, yeah, he issued an apology, man. So I thought it was uh, heartfelt, and, you know. We'll see what you guys think. But uh, we got a guest in the building. Oh, man, Mr. Everything. I'm going to go ahead and let you do the intro, my friend, uh, for our esteemed guest. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and creatures of all planets, we have one amazing talent. He just came off his tour from Japan. He's going to give you guys a rundown of his career, his life, his legacy, um, who he's been trained by, who he has trained. the amazing and the biggest cheater I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was probably one of the best intros ever. Can you guys hear me right off the gate? Can you? Is there, can everybody hear me? Um, yes, we me can hear you perfectly. Know, up just oh, a okay. little bit. Perfect. Like one of the one of the last uh, podcast interviews I did, it was like it took me. Like All right, a we're going to have
1: months. you. Uh, yeah, we're going to have you log in and log out and log back in real quick. You log can in, hear. Log back I can, out. I can hear. Yeah, I can hear perfect. perfectly. Well, I got two out of three. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're losing you a little bit. Uh, try logging in and log. Brian, stay there. Stay All there, right, Brian. No worries. Brian. No worries, no worries. Renegade, you're laughing.
0: Okay. Brian, can you hear us? Can you hear me? All right, ladies and
1: gentlemen, Brian Renegade is having technical difficulties.
0: <laughs> we Man. want to introduce
1: our esteemed guest again, Mr. What's Brian. Mr. Brian. That's I want to say thank you for taking the time out for right now. I know you're at the wrestling school training the next uh, future uh, of professional wrestling. Um, so for those who have been living under the rock, behind a tree, or just got here from another planet,
0: give us a rundown on who you are, who you trained by, and what you got going on. Cool, right on. Uh, definitely appreciate you guys having me. Sorry for being uh, a little bit late. I've already destroyed one of my New Year's resolutions, not even in the third day into 2024, <laughs> but uh, hey, I'm here nonetheless. Uh, my name is, uh, I wrestle under Grizzled Ryan Davidson, uh, primarily for Reality of Wrestling, which is Booker T's Reality of Wrestling down here in Houston, Texas. Uh, I've been wrestling for about 20 years uh, for in independent pro wrestling. I've been seen and uh, just got back from my first tour with All Japan Pro Wrestling. I've wrestled with DDT Pro out in Japan. I've wrestled for NWA, I've wrestled for Impact, I've wrestled for Reality Wrestling, Wildcat Sports, a bunch of different wrestling organizations across the United States, and uh, I'm very happy to be here. As far as training-wise goes, I am uh, the head trainer here for Reality Wrestling, Booker T's Reality Wrestling, and got a training class tonight here probably in about an hour. Uh, So I'm very grateful and happy to be on this show, and it is the first one for 2024 and uh i'm looking to kick this one off with a bang man so thank you guys for having me
1: absolutely absolutely so let's get right to it reality of wrestling run by mr booker t tell us how did you get into um that opportunity to not only working for him but becoming a head trainer for his school and what was what well, working well
0: uh, well, so working with, with, working with Booker is uh, nothing short but interesting, uh, for sure. He is the man. Uh, what you see on Booker on, on the television screen uh, at NXT and, you know, all through WWE and, you know, one of the pillars of pro wrestling history, for sure, uh, what you see is what you get. I mean, Book is uh, books a character, man, a lot of energy, uh, but also shoots it to you straight. And I'm very, very grateful to have him as a mentor. And. How I jumped into reality of wrestling was basically I broke in uh, right when I got through playing uh, college football at West Texas A&M University, which ironically enough, it was uh, nicknamed Wrestler University because um, Dusty Rhodes, Dory Funk and Terry Funk, uh, Bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen, Tully Blanchard, Tito Santana, Ted DiBiase, all played sports at West Texas A&M University, which was West Texas uh, State back in the day. Um, And I just pretty much just happened to get a scholarship to go there uh, and just didn't really know of the wrestling history until I played college football there. But, you know, once I got done playing football, I got into pro wrestling um, basically late 2003, early 2004. And then I broke my leg outside of wrestling, which put me on the shelf till about, late summer of 2004 and then just been running and gun and ever since. And then getting into reality of wrestling around 2007, uh, I moved back home to my hometown of Houston, Texas after um, living out in you know, the panhandle of uh, West Texas and out in Oklahoma and uh, was doing indie shots and everything like that. And then I had a buddy of mine uh, who was wrestling full time with Booker back in the day when it was known as PWA. And he was like, you know you got to come down to books and um, you know I was, I was very fortunate you know I kind of got the red carpet treatment because uh, you know I, I basically you know I didn't have to pay like you know most wrestling schools you know it's like three thousand thirty five hundred four thousand dollars to try and be a pro wrestler in most schools and you know I just came in I showed him my skills from working the independence for about about four years up to that point you know three four years and uh, Booker was like hey just pay the gym fee, you're good, and just got it through with that. And then uh, I think it was around 20, I want to say 12 or 2013. That's when PWA turned in, got rebranded into Reality Wrestling, and uh, we've been running the gun ever since. I have a very long history and have known Booker since 2008. Um, pretty close to the guy, man. I consider him like a, uh, you know, I definitely consider him more of like a like an uncle. You know, uh, like just basically an uncle, him and Charmel are, you know, very close. And I owe them so much. And I've given a lot of my time and and loyalty to them and happily to do so because uh, reality wrestling for sure is my home and uh, it's a place no matter where my wrestling career goes, whether it's Japan or anywhere else, I'll always have time for reality wrestling. As you can see, I'm here in the building right now down here in Texas City. And uh, yeah, man, they've been wonderful. They they are wonderful people. And I think uh, you know, it just goes to show that when it comes to a two-time WWE Hall of Famer, and of course Charmel being a WWE Hall of Famer as well, uh, you really can't go any you know you can't really can't go wrong with learning under that uh, that knowledge tree, that wealth of knowledge that they both have, and it's really shown apparently in my success and a lot of success for other people uh, inside the wrestling business. So uh, very grateful to be here.
1: Awesome. Um, I, As wrestlers, we always talk about that, that learning tree of being able to learn under somebody and getting their wealth of knowledge. What is something that Booker may have said to you in your career that stuck out to you so big that you kind of carry that in everything that you do in terms of your career and kind of pass on to the next, you know, next level of uh, professional wrestlers?
0: You know, I, I'll try and keep it to a couple of things because I don't think we have enough time on this podcast or even a whole podcast series to talk about all the things i learned from Book and, uh, and Charmel and, and everything that I've done here at Reality of Wrestling. But, you know, Book says, you know, this to anybody that comes to Reality Wrestling, this isn't just a wrestling school. This is a performing arts school. And what he means by that is, is that you have to do certain things in wrestling that set you apart from the norm by focusing on the things of what not to do rather than the things that you should do let alone from a showmanship aspect getting every little bit of what you do inside that ring larger than life uh because it's more than just moves in there i mean i can i can go on the street and find a homeless guy and i can teach him how to body slam somebody in five minutes it's not about the moves It's what you do before and what you do after and getting people drawn and and paying attention and getting invested into what you do. And Book's a master at that, because he'll tell anybody, like, don't get me wrong, Book was horribly athletic and did a bunch of amazing stuff in the ring, but when it came to like a wrestling prowess, like, you know he he got by a lot of things and a lot of people that he wrestled had way more of a wrestling experience quote unquote than he did as far as matt technician wise but the thing was what made book great was that he situated the showmanship and like the the shakespeare of what we do to get people invested and always carried his brand and his likeness uh, to such a high regard to where if you needed to laugh at them, you could, but also not too much to where like you didn't take them seriously because no matter where you loved them or you hate them, you always took them seriously inside that ring. And those were things that he definitely taught me. In fact, that was probably my first lesson from book is that there's a difference between he he and ha ha, right? You can get by with a hee hee, but the moment that people are falling out of their chair, laughing at you for whatever's being done in the ring, then that that Pretty much that image of seriousness kind of gets flown out the window and it's very hard to get that back depending on what you're trying to go for with your character in pro wrestling. And uh, it's it's a bunch of those different things, man. And he's always been a very prime example of what it takes to be a professional in and out of the ring and how the, uh, the grind, no matter where you are in your wrestling journey, it never stops. It either advances or upgrades or just changes or shifts. Uh, There's a lot of different stuff to it, but those things and so much more have have been a bunch of pillars in my career that has led me to a lot of success. A lot of success.
1: Uh, I have a question for you. I'm uh, I'm back, uh, by the way. (laughs) 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 Um, We hear a lot about uh, wrestling dynasties, wrestling families and, and certain areas where wrestlers come out of i know uh um uh, canada gets the praise for having uh some some really great technical wrestlers um uh, but texas man actually has a lot of wrestlers that come out of texas man can you talk about some of the wrestlers from texas that influenced you other than booker t
0: there's some in the water down here man there's something in the water <laughs> down here in the low star state um but yeah man i mean texas is is just so flooded and, and rich with uh, wrestling history. I mean, right off the top of the list for me, I think the greatest of all time uh, is uh, Eddie Guerrero, uh, who's, who's a favorite of mine. And, uh, you know, the Guerrero's is is such a, you know, is a pillar in uh, the, in professional wrestling, not just only in the state of Texas, but also in Mexico and, of course, around the world. And then, of course, you can't go, you know, w- without talking about the Von Ericks, who just came out with a movie, The Iron Claw, which I'm very happy to have a bunch of buddies that are actually in that movie. Um, you know, and my, my boy, Luke Cox, shout out to Luke Cox uh, from Wildcat Sports. He has been a guy that has given me an opportunity to uh, do some stunt work for heels when it was on stars and uh, gave a lot of opportunities for a lot of different people to get, you know, certain gigs and uh, TV and film. And uh, he, him and Chavo Guerrero got a lot of those guys, just not guys just from – Rowdy Wrestling, Wildcat Sports, but also NWA, of course, to get on this project. So it's really cool to see that. But going back to the Texas history, you know, you got the Von Erics, you got the Funks, uh, you got the the Guerrero family. I mean, you know, Texas, of course, you got like The Undertaker. I mean, you know, you can't go with, you know, talking, but not without talking about The Undertaker, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, and the list just goes on and on. So I'm a fan of, it's always hard when somebody's like, Ryan, who's your favorite wrestler? It's like, don't get me wrong. I just said Eddie Guerrero and that's always been a constant for me just for so many different reasons. But also at the same time, it's like when I talk about like anybody else, it's like, well, it could be Stone Cold one day and the next day it's Book and the next day it's Taker and the next day it's this guy or that guy or whatever. It always changes because what's good is what's good. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm grateful to be a part of the Texas wrestling scene. And yes, not even in the past, but even now we have so many people uh that are just killing it on the scene man first and foremost uh you know good buddy of mine uh a guy that i have seen grown so much uh just not in the ring but just in life uh the bounty hunter brian keith uh i've, I've yep. played a hand and, and helped you know develop and train him but he's also done a lot of that work on his own and i'm really happy at the fact that you know a lot of the milestones for him on the independent side of things um you know, I, I I put him over for you know one championship of reality wrestling, uh, uh, reality wrestling. Then I put him over for the championship of reality wrestling, and then just to see him grow and evolve and just be this amazing performer, dude. It's it's phenomenal. And then you know, outside of him, you have, uh, you know, you have Roxanne at NXT, uh, who you know originally came out of Laredo, but she didn't really hone her craft, of course, until you know, she, she got to reality of wrestling and then just to see her blow up and do so many great things. High on's another person who's been killing his women's wrestling. You know, she just did new Japan pro wrestling or an event for them out in LA, just about, I think about a few months ago. Um, there's so many different people, uh, you know, guys like, like will all day and edge stone and, and so many others. I mean, and there's, there's almost too many to name because it's, it's, uh, it's great to see somebody from Texas get that moment, but what's also even better is that the community of wrestlers that we have in the Lone Star State, like, we all support each other. Like, there's somebody at Ring of Honor, or there's somebody on AEW, or there's somebody in Japan, or whatever. You better believe you go and look at people's social media, and all these Texas wrestlers are just like, oh, the so-and-so's killing it, sharing their stuff. It's just, like, a good amount of support, which it always should be, because early in my career, man, uh, you know, back in the mid-2000s, it was very cutthroat you know what i'm saying it's like if somebody got an opportunity before somebody else it was very common for someone to be like oh well forget that person why did they get that and not me well it's not like that you know and that's what i love about wrestling especially over the past like decade is that it's been so supportive because we are a family we are like a brother and a sisterhood to where all we got is each other that's all we got you know what i mean and then if somebody's success you know rises then that just goes to show you well hey my success can rise too you know what I mean, and uh, I can go on and on talking about Texas wrestling. But I, at the end of the day, I'm I'm just so grateful to be a uh, to play a hand in people's growth, and for them to play a hand in my growth as well, and just to be surrounded by so much talent, um, you know, throughout the Texas scene. Ninja Mac, another guy out of Texas that that I played a hand at pro wrestling Noah. Just you know, he's he's literally Spider Man. He can do anything, flips and it's it's wild to see him. And uh, just the fact that I can say that these people are my friends, and that I've I've I played a part in developing them and in, in in their wrestling journey. And like I said, they've helped me and countless so many others, man. It it's awesome, and I'm very grateful to be a part of the Texas wrestling scene for sure. Oh um, god.
2: I got I got a question. Like when you're working with like. Booker T and some of these other guys. I mean, I know you're a wrestler, so you're probably used to it. But do you ever get starstruck? Do you ever just be like, "Man, I'm working with this person, or I'm working with that person"? Do you ever just nerd out a little bit, bro? We're all nerds.
0: <laughs> we're all nerds, <laughs> man. And trust me, it is. It's it's really cool. Like, I, I can tell you this right now. So I'll I'll, I'll touch on book, and then I'll t- I'll touch on Brian Keith uh, here in a second. But for first, for book, like, yeah, like I, I have this conversation with people every now and then like and I really do to where sometimes I walk into the building and yeah you know you're right you get used to it because you're constantly around that type of environment but there's times to where like that fourteen year old me will just go holy crap that's Booker T man like dude he best of seven like come on man like he did this King Booker like what Booker. <laughs> like I get to I get to burn off this guy You know, and not only that, but, like, I was fortunate enough for about two and a half years, my personal manager, the guy that would accompany me out to the ring for every match that I had was his brother, Stevie Ray. So I'm like, I'm learning from Harlem Heat, one of the greatest tag teams. What? And Stevie, man, Stevie Ray is one of the coolest people on the planet. Great guy. Can't say enough great things about him and stuff that I've learned from him as well not, not just from book from from Stevie has really helped me develop in my career but yeah you you do get all struck but you know also it comes to a point in time from a professional level to where you know your mindset is is that like wow you you go from wow I can't believe I'm in the building with so and so and and you know and then it goes to well this person's my peer like I'm in this building for a reason you know what I mean? Like I, I worked my tail off and I did the things that I needed to do to put myself in this situation to where I'm looked at this person basically in like the same neighborhood of talent or equals or what have you, depending on the person. And it's crazy, but you know, going on to Brian Keith, when we're talking about like starstruck and nerding out, oh my God, man, it'd be times where like, I see him on social media. He's wrestling Masato Tanaka. I'm like, you're wrestling who? It's like, bro, what? You're a ring of honor. Dude, you're on AEW? And then back on me. like, he comes to me and goes, dude, you're, you're in the real world tag league for All Japan Pro Wrestling. Bro, you're in All Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you crazy? Oh my God. And like, we mark out for each other. You know what I mean? And it's great, but it also goes back to that support. You know, because it's not just him, but it's like, it's other people. Because, you know, when we see somebody do something good and we know they came out of the Lone Star State, it's like, well, hell, we could do that too. you know what I mean there is no there is no jealousy there you know or anything like that. There might be some envy, but there's no jealousy because you know that doesn't help you at all. but you could be envious, but use that envious as motivation to help better yourself and better people around you and um to me, I believe there's a difference, and I just know that once again, seeing people doing an amazing on the independent scene or just not even the independence just wrestling world in general. Man, it's cool, man. It's cool. And to me, and you know, it, you know, it, to me it is just as much as a payoff for people to see that I've came up with and that I've played a help or played a part in helping them get their opportunity as much as it is for myself getting an opportunity. You know what I mean? And it really just goes to show and um it's cool, man. But do we nerd out? Yeah, of course we nerd out, man. I don't think anybody would be in this business or be a part of this business if somebody wasn't a fanboy mark nerd whatever you term you want to use for it man uh i i think we're all fans of this and still keep doing it and that's why i've been doing it you know for like i said 20 years consistently not just one of these you know with all due respect not just one of these guys that are you know i've been in the business for 30 years but they only work two or three times a year no i've been consistently every weekend every week every month every year doing shows running the roads Catching flights, sleeping in hotels, sleeping on couches, sleeping in airports—whatever the situation is—been doing it, and um, I'm grateful for it, man. I really am.
1: Oh man, you've been uh, wrestling since uh, 2005, man. How has wrestling changed for you uh, when you from when you first started? I know you said it was a little rough and it was it was a little different, a little bit more grittier. <laughs> Uh, to now, how has wrestling changed uh, from the time that you first started to what you're doing now?
0: Uh, so many different things. So many different things. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I, I feel like the mentality is different, uh, as far as not just how to be professional in the ring, but also how you are outside of the ring. Like I remember that when I broke into wrestling, you know, and uh, you know the early to mid 2000s, that uh, if you were married, if you were a married man you were just automatically set up to get a divorce because you were a pro wrestler because you were gone all the time, right? So sure. there was a lot of uh, broken relationships and stuff like that. Now everybody's married to each other. Now everybody's got kids. they got a whole family, dog, white picket fence, everything like that, which is great to see. You know, also another thing too is what's changed is that the uh, the perception of who could actually be uh, a great talent has changed. Because when I broke in, if you weren't 6'2", 240 pounds, jacked, WWE wouldn't even look at you. Nobody would even take yourself seriously. Now it doesn't matter what size you are. If you if you could put butts in the seats, you're you're going to get on the card. That's right. just how it is, and it's great to see too because there's so many different wrestlers and and main eventers and and superstars that are you know under six feet tall, you know that are killing it. So size really doesn't matter. It's what you could do inside that ring, and then also women's wrestling. Man, when I started, okay, there was maybe I want to say six female wrestlers, probably within like a four or five state radius, right? And nobody really cared about going out to watch women's wrestling. They just didn't. Because it was divas at the time. And it was no disrespect to any any of the you know, the women wrestlers at that time or anything like that. But from an independent standpoint, it wasn't it didn't really catch on and then of course you saw the revolution of women's wrestling just blowing up and as it should because women are athletes too they always have been they always have been so see the sea girls main eventing shows killing it making money making things happen i mean the buzz right now is uh, mercedes monet being a free agent we don't know where she's gonna go right? right right so it's just like one of those things where it's like back in 2004 that wouldn't have been nowhere. wouldn't have been on MySpace, wouldn't have been on Vine or whatever was going on back then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? None of that would have happened. Now it's like the main news of what's going on. So to see the explosion of women's wrestling, and now it's like, dude, just the fact that you can have consistently ran and just so many different all women's wrestling shows, like good for them, like good for women to go out there and kill it and just as good as anybody. You know what I'm saying? And I just I love seeing that because now instead of six wrestlers within a wrestling radius, I, I'll, I'll have at least eight or nine at training tonight. You know what I mean? Let alone the fact there's 40 or 50 women just in the state of Texas alone that can main event anywhere. Really? You right. know, so those are the things that have like off the top of my head that has really changed in pro wrestling since I broke in. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, of course, social media. I mean, like I said, it was MySpace back then, you know? So now it's just, you know, you got, you know, Twitter or X, you know, and, you know, Instagram and, you know, Facebook and everything else and Twitch and God knows what else that's out there. And I mean, as it should, man, is there any, if there's any way you can make a dollar, get some exposure, uh, you know, out there, then by all means take it because that's what it's there for. So it's really cool to see. All right. Um, you had a, a
1: group, um, while you, uh, believe we're in, called the Renegades, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that real quick. Uh, one of the best damn love Jason Kincaid, was in your group, if I'm not
0: mistaken. The man, a Matt Wizard. I, I, honestly, I think he's a wizard. There's, there's some things he can do inside that ring that I'd even... I was like, it has to be magic because there's no way, you know. But anyways, yeah, Kincaid's the man.
1: Oh, man. Talk about that time with that that group uh, because you got, you know, uh, Sammy Guevara and that group. man. Talk about your time uh, within the group of Renegades and how did that come about?
0: Yeah, the Renegades, man, uh, that was something that I really didn't even, it really didn't even get brought to my attention or I was told that I was going to be in this faction until I actually got to Japan. Uh, and it was my first tour back in 2018, and I wrestled for DDT and a couple of different promotions under the umbrella of DDT um, as Gambare and Basara, and you know, those companies and everything like that, which those are awesome Japanese wrestling companies. And I was told of this faction called the Renegades, which was basically uh, spearheaded by Shigeho Irie, uh, who is a phenomenal wrestler. Phenomenal, god, this guy's so good! So, so good. And he developed this faction that he was going to basically take uh, foreign wrestlers or gaijin wrestlers and he was going to go ahead and just spread chaos throughout the entire landscape of uh, of you know, the wrestling landscape of Japan. And uh, you know, uh, Jason Kincaid and Watase, and you know, a couple other different guys, um, uh, you know, Neon Ninja Facade. And, um, uh, a couple of different people were a part of the renegades at that time. And of course it was Sammy Guevara and what have you. And, uh, just to be a part of a faction, like you gotta, you gotta understand for me, like this is my very first tour in Japan. So wrestling in Japan, first and foremost was a dream of mine, you know, and I'm living this dream. And now you want to put me in a faction, like, let's go. I'll be whatever you need to be. Renegades killing it, ah, you know? And, um we uh we did great man and it was a great showing and ddt is a wonderful promotion man like they are they are absolutely nuts but nuts in the best way and their their talent there is world class like that's one thing about pro wrestlers out of japan is that when it comes to their basics the fundamentals the footwork everything it's pristine it's just pristine and then you you stack on top of that the charisma and you know the showmanship of what they can do and then all these wacky things that they can do to where like when i was over there when i just uh i think it was like my second day from this tour i just did for all japan and i went and a buddy of mine uh got me tickets to go see uh the Ryogoku uh show that ddt did the one where chris jericho was wrestling um that just happened and just the fact that you know when i wrestled at ddt they were doing cork and hall shows and everything like that but they were t- kind of like smaller venues outside of that this that whatever and then like once a year they might do like a big arena show well the fact that they pretty much sold out ria goku was just like amazing to see and then you know on top of that it's like you have a. Uh, uh, you have Hiramu and uh, Hatana are wrestling for the uh, <laughs> wrestling for this championship, and it's almost like spin the wheel, make the deal type match, to where like every match is different, to where like as soon as like one match stops, then it turns into like a blindfold match, then it turns into like a like a like a, almost like a brawn panties match, then it turns into like this other different match, and then and like there's one point in the match to where they're both laying down next to each other, and then the referee puts the title belt over Hiramu, who's from New Japan and then the next thing you know uh they go ahead and count the one two three and the actual championship is now the current reigning champion and they have to pin the belt you know like who thinks of stuff like that (laughs) i mean like ddt is crazy man it's wonderful and i was very happy to wrestle for that organization and to be a part of the renegades man because we were in a company and a majority of their content is basically like very you know, wacky, creative, weird fun. Uh, the Renegades was taken very seriously, very, very seriously, but it granted me opportunities to get in the ring uh, with like, you know, female legend Miko Southamora. you know, I got to get in the ring with Mao and speedball Mike Bailey, who's probably one of the best wrestlers on the planet right now and um all these different things and plus you know doing six mans and tags with jason kincaid which once again he's a wizard that guy is incredible at what he does he's probably the most creative wrestler i've ever seen and uh, it was a blessing man so like wrestling for those guys and wrestling around those guys has uh definitely upgraded me in my own wrestling career
1: Do we ever see a resurgence of the renegades uh, or a small faction of, 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 you guys.
0: i tell you what, if they book it, I'll be there, man. I, am I'm, I'm <laughs> all about it. Uh, will it be there? I don't know. Like I said, that was, uh, that was spearheaded by Erie. Um, you know, but I know he's doing great things, you know, not, he's in Japan right now, but he was killing W WXW in Germany and all over the world really. And, uh, yeah, but to answer your question if the Renegades had a resurgence, you know, would I be about it? Absolutely. I'd be the first guy on the plane to go back and uh and to take care of business.
1: Oh man, I know that's right.
0: Um, talk about
1: some of your uh personal journeys, right? Um what's something that you've learned within the last couple of years that's really
0: stuck with you about either wrestling or life? Man, um whew. Man, that, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I can tell you, for me, um, and this is something that I tell a lot of guys that I train, and not only that I train, but people that are my peers, and one thing is, is that, and this is a Booker T thing, to where it's like, the only luck you'll ever have in this business, or in life, is your preparation, that's the only luck you'll ever have. And I can tell you from my standpoint that when the opportunity happens, and it will, it's never going to come to you as fast as you think it's going to. Because wrestling in life, is it's a mental game. It is a mental game. Now, going back to where, like I was talking about, you seeing people all around you killing it, blowing up, doing great things, everybody's supporting each other. But there's also that inside little competitor inside of you that's like, well, hell, like, what do I need to do to get to that level? What do I need to do to make something happen, you know? And if you don't have your mind right and you don't have your emotions in check, you can let that overwhelm you and you can honestly think, you know, detrimental towards yourself and be negative or bitter or whatever. And, I, you know, I tell everybody that it's never gonna happen to you as fast as you think it's going to, but when it does happen and it will, then it's gonna come to you faster than you ever thought. Because that right. was so true for me. It was so true for me because wrestling in Japan, uh, it was like a far out dream that I just didn't think, like, I, I, like it was a dream, but it was, it was at the same level from my standpoint of like wrestling WWE, like Ooh. it was just this, I don't know if I'll ever touch it, this, that, whatever, but then when it actually happens and then you're there and you're standing behind the curtain at Cork and Hall about to go out and wrestle in front of 3,000 people, you're just going, wow, like that happened right? Like that, this is happening right now. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I could I can tell you, you know, I know it's a buzzword, but manifesting is real. I wrote things down in my journal, you know, I'm wrestling here one day. I don't know how, but I just know what I feel it. I feel it. Next thing you know, you go back and read journals from a few years ago and you go, wow, I actually did that. Like okay. I actually did that. You know what I mean? And the lesson out of that is, is just to keep grinding. And, and I know that's like, a very unsexy thing to say because people are like oh god i hear that all the time grind grind (laughs) grind but it's like once again it goes back to preparation is the only luck you're ever going to have it's just because here's the thing like an opportunity could fall into your lap and that's great but if you're not prepared that's a one-shot deal bang it comes and it goes that's it right but if you want things like that to keep happening to you that's where preparation comes in right and You know, when I first went to DDT and I came back, like after my last match, I wrestled Mao at a Shinkipa first ring, which is like their kind of like their main TV studio building uh, in Japan for like a bunch of different organizations and stuff like that. And, you know, they asked me if I would, you know, would you come back to Japan? Which the obvious answer is, duh. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? So they had it ready to go and lined up that I was going to come back, you know, in 2019. Okay, great. Well, next thing you know, the business changes to where the company decided that they just wanted to bring in talent that have these massive social media numbers. I didn't have these massive social media numbers at the time. I'm still working on them, to be honest with you, okay? By massive, I mean like over 50,000 followers, all this other different things, you know, stuff like that. So, and then right after that decision was made, there was this thing called COVID that hit the entire world so in japan was extremely strict on COVID regulations so like nobody could get in you know and the fact the only reason or the only way that you would actually be allowed in as an athlete was that you had to be a part of the olympic team or you had to be a part of the olympics at that time to actually get in you know so like that's why a lot of wrestlers that wrestle for like new japan and other different places like they stayed you know and other different reasons too but i'll try and trim the fat on this but the, the thing is is that i thought my chance of ever going back was gone. And I went into a massive depression over that. I really did. Like, I was just like, God, it was just a one-shot thing. And then I questioned, like, was I actually prepared? I, I thought I was, but I don't know. They told me I did so good. And, you know, fans hit me up. And, and you know, I still talked to a lot of wrestlers. Like, I just didn't know, you know? And it, it just really messed with me mentally. But I also knew preparation is the only luck that I'm going to have. So I, I, I got to somewhat stay prepared. So once I eventually got out of my funk and just went ahead and I was like, look, I'm just going to keep grinding. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. This, that, whatever. Next thing you know, five years later, All Japan Pro Wrestling hits me up. And not only do they hit me up, but they go, hey, do you want to be a part of our real world tag league, which is one of the oldest wrestling tournaments that have been around in pro wrestling that had been going on since I think 1978 or something, longer than I've been alive. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing these, I'm doing the exact same things that these guys that I've looked up to and I've watched thousands and hours of tape on. I'm, I'm a part of something that that they've done. You know what I mean? And All Japan was like, like me coming up as a wrestler, <laughs> it was WWE, All Japan Pro Wrestling like that was just just those two. Anything else would be No in between, no WCW, ECW, none of that. Nah, man. <laughs> WWE, Japan <Ultra laughs> Pro wrestling. And wow. the fact that I got on that, I was just blown away. I was like, oh, like I just I couldn't believe that it was actually happening. I just couldn't. And it still does. It still kind of blows my mind that I was there, uh, and did that. And, you know, and it not just from like I know talent-wise, like I'm good enough to wrestle anywhere. But the thing was, it just from once again that little fourteen-year-old me that was just like, "Dude, you're doing the same thing Stan Hansen does." Oh my god, you know what I mean? Like it was just crazy. Once again, nerding out, you know, like yeah, of course I nerded out. Um, but it taught me a big lesson of just like, you, you have to stay the course. And I'm I'm very blessed that I we had like always had like this little voice in my head that was like, I man, even in my deepest darkest moments, to where I'm just like constantly quitting, you know, think about quitting wrestling and, you know, maybe this isn't going to work out, you know, I, I gave him like a shot or this, that, whatever, there's this little voice that just came, just keep going, man, just keep going, just just keep going, bro, just keep going, and I did, I did, and uh, it, it got me a lot of different opportunities and stuff like that, and that's something that was really, really big of what I've learned uh, in pro wrestling wrestling. Let alone the fact that, um, you know, you have to make sure that you make wise choices in your pro wrestling career in life. Because another lesson I learned is that good or bad, karma has no timetable, but it is inevitable. So you better make sure that you make the right actions and the right choices accordingly. Because as the old cliche says, you know, what goes around comes around. And it's very true. You know what I mean? And that goes for a lot of good, too. A lot of good, because when it comes to you, when you least expect it, and that's that whole like, oh man, I always knew you had it or, oh, it's, you know, all this is coming up or you deserve it or this, that, whatever, that's where that good karma comes in. So a lot of those years of training guys and and going out of my way for things and stuff like that. And not that I went out of my way, I I made a choice. I wanted to do those things, but to think that will, will all these things actually pay off? Yeah. Yeah, they will. It's just not immediate. You know, some things are like I can think about It'd be nice to have a cup of coffee and I can just go up the street and grab a cup of coffee. It's fine. And then some things take some time, you know, and I think if you just always focus on your preparation, man, because if you you want luck, that's where you're going to get It's your preparation. That's where you're going to get it, because an opportunity will come to you. I like I've I've known guys that have gotten contracts in Japan or other different companies just because. Unfortunately, someone got hurt, or someone's visa didn't go through, or something crazy happened out of nowhere, and then they just picked up. You know, they got a phone call randomly one day, and they go, "Hey, man, uh, would you want to come for three weeks to New Japan?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like out of nowhere, right? I can tell you, for me, on heels, the the show heels with Steven Amell and everything like that, that was on stars. Literally, that phone call came out of nowhere on a random Tuesday afternoon. Random. Just random. God, picked up the phone, Luke Hawks. Hey, bro, trying to get you on this TV show. What are you doing? Can you come out to Atlanta for like five weeks? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, let let me just get some things. All right, man. Cool. Later. Next thing you know, I'm on a TV show. That's awesome, man crazy. But the thing is, is that that happened to me. It can happen to you. It can happen to anybody on this show, anybody listening at any times. You just have to be prepared because that's the luck that's going to come into you. Just be prepared. It's it's intention. It's putting that intention out there because that's all preparation is, is just intention. You know what I mean? Just keep putting out those intentions and you'll get that luck. that That luck will come to you.
1: Oh, man, I, I can see that you uh, have a, a small love uh, for the acting. You know what I'm saying? Did, I, did you get the acting bug while you were on the show Hills?
0: Man, so I don't know about the acting bug, but the, uh, <laughs> the, the that residual check bug, I sure got that. I sure got that. Sure got that. So the, <laughs> the paydays were kind of nice, you know, that uh, – that's them SAG checks were, were kind of nice coming in the mail afterwards. But, you know, as far as that experience, yeah, man, I mean, don't get me wrong. It is a um, it, it's a very hectic, time consuming job. I mean, like I can tell you from like personal experience, like guys like Steven Amell, Alex Ludwig, a lot of these different actors and actresses, um, you know, that were on this show never stopped moving never stopped going over their lines or going over different things and it's not even just the actors it was the people that were like the key grips a lot of the you know producers a lot of the different uh you know set hands stuff like that like never stop moving long days long filming days and i was just a stunt guy you know what i mean i was in three episodes in season one okay three episodes which it was like you know, me in the locker room over here, I was part of the Battle royal scene, I was part of this other locker room scene, like maybe two other little things and that was it. But it was like 15 hours, right? Like in my wrestling boots, like just going over things, going over things, stuff like that, rehearsing, doing this, doing that. And that, that I, I was little, I wouldn't even like anything. I wouldn't even know the cast or nothing, right? So I can't imagine what they go through. So like Stephen Amell, like dude, the the main character of the show, his his commitment to like projects is like crazy you know what I mean and um it was cool to see like just looking around like I'm on a set with like hey she was in like three movies and that guy's over here and then also on top of that you know being a football guy you know James Harrison Super Bowl champion, Pittsburgh Steeler alum this giant mountain of a man that I'm not scared of any man but if I was it'd probably be James Harrison okay and (laughs) I'm sitting over here and I'm I'm looking at him and I got to grab him in this battle roll scene and he flings this all off and stuff like that. I'm just like, how did I get here? Right? Like, it's crazy. So yeah, I guess I caught that bug a little bit and stuff like that. But just the fact of once again, just being in that sort of environment and just having that opportunity was just very, very grateful. And I just kept telling the guys, because there was a lot of guys there that were just like, man, they do a season two. They do this. They do that. Oh, man. Duh, duh, duh. I was just like, man, just being here right here right now, even if it's a one done, I'm grateful for it, man. Like, super cool. And I always owe Luke Cox that opportunity, man, because uh, it, was, it was a very um, uh, prosperous opportunity. I got a couple of really good uh, residual checks in the mail from that. And I have him to thank for it and the staff and everything else, man. So, I was I was very grateful to be here.
1: Well, that's how your chick come in the mail them about
0: $3. Man, I got you. I got you. <laughs> how about
1: five? I can give you five. <laughs> My man. I appreciate it. Talk about uh, preparation. I know you're getting ready to start the training. down at school right now. Uh, what are you doing in terms of preparing the guys for the training uh, like a, a night of training with you.
0: Well, it depends. Um, it depends on what class it is. So I mainly run uh, the advanced classes uh, here at Reality Wrestling because we have a beginner, intermediate, and advanced classes here. Uh, and then, of course, there, there are times to where uh, I'll run beginner and intermediates. And I think tonight's actually an intermediate class, to be honest with you. So it depends on the level of where each uh, wrestler is at. Uh, But the main thing that I try and teach, regardless of what level, is first and foremost, safety, which comes with proper technique of doing things. Because uh, for anybody that stepped inside a wrestling ring, uh, as fun as it looks, it is no playground. You can get hurt and banged up in there very quickly. So uh, fundamentals is very, very big with me. Very big with me. I tell people all the time, if you have great fundamentals, you can wrestle anywhere in the world. I am a good example of that because I am not the, you know, I'm not a body guy. I'm not the biggest guy. I'm not the fastest guy, but I have great fundamentals, great fundamentals because I went over and over and over and over again, um, just on the little things. And it's just, that goes to show. And when you're working inside the ring. So I'm, I'm the type of trainer to where I'm kind of a stickler for things like I don't I I try not to be over the top when it comes to things, because I know from people's minds are different. So it might take this person a little longer to learn this and this person, this other person might catch up quickly. I try and let people figure things out on their own because I can tell you how to do things until you're blue in the face, but there's only some experiences and some lessons that you're only gonna learn just by what you go through on a personal level. So I try not to micromanage too much but I'm also a stickler of, once again, going back to what Booker taught me of just getting the most out of the littlest thing that can help you to where, you know, you don't want to wrestle like a majority of people that wrestle on the scene. You want to be different. And by being different could be hitting the ropes a certain way, the way that you go into a certain hold, the way that you react to something, the way that, um, you know, your, your demeanor is, the way that your facial expressions are, um, you know, picking up, you know, how to move your body around so all the cameras around the building can see you rather than just focusing on the hard cam. You know what I mean? Uh, a big thing that I teach is that in my mind, when I'm wrestling, like it doesn't matter if I'm in a VFW hall, high school gymnasium, I'm at a civic center, doesn't matter where I'm at, I'm always wrestling in Madison Square Garden because what I do in the ring, I got to make sure the single dad that took his eight-year-old boy to get wrestling tickets. And the only thing that he can afford is the nosebleeds. I got to make sure they see what I'm doing. Every single, you know, every single thing that I do. Right. And that really applies into the basics and fundamentals as well, rather than just going in there and doing it, having things deal with purpose. Right. And also at the same time, uh, from a physicality standpoint, because wrestling's wrestling. There's contact, you're hitting. I know people like to use the F word a lot where it's like fake or whatever, and I can debate that all day and stuff like that. But also at the same time, it's like, even though we are wrestling and this is a physical enduring thing that we're doing, we also want to make sure that, hey, I'm not trying to kill you. I'm just trying to make some money in here. And guess what? If you're making money, I'm making some money too. And we're going to be a lot happier together if we're going to be making some money in here, right? And the company's going to be happy because they're making money off of us and that we're making money and da, da 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 And it's a great thing for everybody, right? So with that being said is that I also want to make sure that guys aren't getting in there just trying to rip each other's heads off. because I have the mentality of, hey, I got like three or four more shows to do after this. Right, because anybody's on the independent scene or running big loops for WWE or other major companies, you know, you don't just do one show a week. <laughs> you know, you're doing like three or four or five events week after week, you know, and you got to make sure that you are take care of yourself, but you know, you're taking care of the other person in there and vice versa. So there's a lot of those aspects that I go into wrestling as well, because anybody can go in there and just take somebody's head off if they got a clean shot but you know it's just one of those things that just pro wrestling really is art in so many different ways uh it really really is and i try and take what i've learned from booker and my own personal experiences and from other things that i've learned from other different legends around the wrestling uh guys like harley race who i've gotten to uh learn some things from that i'm very grateful for and guys like stevie richards and stevie ray and countless other different people all around pro wrestling, uh, Mr. Ebony Tom Jones, may you rest in peace, uh, was my original trainer. He was like a pioneer for black wrestlers. Uh, I mean, he he's like the man from like back in like the 70s and the 80s and stuff like that. Like guys like them, like I just try and take what they taught me and just spread it out to everybody else. Oh
1: man, that's uh, that's great. You were the uh, the first Grand Slam champion of uh, reality of wrestling, man. How did that
0: feel? Mm. Yeah, so um, I, I, I'll answer your question, then I'll go. I'll go back real quick if you guys got some time. on yeah, like another another lesson that I've learned from this situation. Um, <laughs> this is another wrestling lesson. I, lo- I love telling this story. Um, so ever since I came to books and everything like that, I've, I've always wanted to be the champion, right? Like I was so helping, it's like, ah, you know, no, I'm good enough. I can be the guy, the guy, the guy. And I kept on seeing a bunch of other people get the, get an opportunity or win the championship before me and people that I knew that I knew in the ring with all much respect that I had for them. I knew that I was better than. Like, I just knew it. Like I worked harder. I trained harder. I had more talent, this, that, whatever. And it just, Once again, I wasn't on that level back then of being like, instead of being supportive and looking at it as a, oh man, if that guy can do it, I can do it too. I was all like, man, what does he have that I don't? You know what I mean? It was was a very uh, immature time for me uh, coming up and everything. So it was one of those things that really affected me in my mindset and stuff like that. And then I eventually got it right. And basically made the decision that no matter what happens, championship or not, I'm going to wrestle the best that I can for myself and for the fans, too, uh, as, as much as humanly possible. And everything else will just fall into place. So, you know, during that time, you know, I won tag team championships with reality wrestling. I won the, you know, the Texas title. I won. Um, what was the other title that they had? Uh, I think it was the international title or something or anything like that. But anyways. um, I won these championships. I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, this, that, whatever. And then the next thing you know, March, 2019, they're going to, you know, I I let go of that idea of not being the champion. I just wanted to be the best wrestler I could be. I just wanted to be respected. And I just wanted to be the guy that everybody wants to work. Those, Those are my only two goals in wrestling. Everything else falls into place, money, whatever three letter company. I just wanted that. And uh, next thing you know, March 2019 comes around, we have this big uh, battle royal, this, that, whatever. And uh, it gets decided just out of nowhere, uh, you know what, Ryan busting his ass. Ryan, we're gonna put the strap on you tonight. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But once again, I didn't even really want it because I just wanted to just keep wrestling for the fans and for me. Well, it was Brad Gilmore, uh, one of the ring commentators, uh, uh, you know, our commentator for reality wrestling, he comes up to me, he goes, man, congratulations, man, you're our first ever Grand Slam champion. I go, huh? He goes, yeah, yeah, you're your first ever Grand Slam champion. I go, no, 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 this this guy was already because I was thinking in my mind like this guy already won, did that. This guy already did that. This that whatever. They're like, no, 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 this guy only won this belt one time. And they never won this one. And this other guy, he's never been tag champion. And then this and that and that. And I go, I'm the first Grand Slam champion. He's like, yeah. And I was like, wow. Right. Yeah. Wow. And it happened way better than I ever have it because all I wanted was just to be the champion. If I can only just do that, it was that, you know, all this other different stuff. But the thing was, I wasn't really prepared for it mentally, emotionally. I wasn't prepared. Right. Right. So when I got prepared and I mentally and emotionally let go of that and just focused on me and just trying to bring the best that I could, not only did I win the belt, but I actually did something that no one else got was able to do. So actually what I've always wanted wasn't as good as what actually happened. Right. Which is also another great lesson into the fact where it's like when you just focus on yourself and you let go of like these external things and just be the best version that you can be, then, don't limit yourself to just one little thing because you don't know how great it can be, right? right. You just don't. And like that was a big like, pfft, wow, crazy, right? And um, I love telling that story because I, I tell it to a bunch of young guys because I hear it all the time, man. I just I just want to do this or I want to wrestle for here or this or that whatever. Da da, da. And I'm just like, just focus on you, man. That's it. Just be the best version of you that you could possibly be, man that's it all that will come and it'll even things will even come up better than you ever even thought you probably wouldn't even thought of it i didn't think of heels i didn't think of this i didn't think of all these other things that happened they just just happened that was it well listen <laughs>
1: we have this uh, uh, mr everything uh for some reason he always has some kind of <laughs> like the
0: wrestlers
1: uh, uh, he's, he's has, to he show. always has
0: was I'm sorry, say that again You 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 broke up for a second, I'm sorry
1: oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Everything Always has some type of a beef With the wrestlers That come on this show
0: <laughs> Not quite sure what it is Man, bring uh, that you, bro. Bring that, man, come on, man Bring that <laughs> Yeah,
1: he said some disparaging things about
0: you Before you got on Uh, <laughs> Hey, man, too salty, bro. Less salt in 2024, dog. Too salty.
1: We're going to go to
0: promo school real quick, and I want you to cut a scathing
1: promo on Mr. Everything, but I'm going to put him on the spot first. I'm going to let the best spend his last. Go ahead, Mr. Everything, and say what you got to say to the one and only, Ryan. There yes. sir. There's a story behind everything that we do in life. And everything that we do echoes in eternity. A couple of months ago, you and I had the opportunity to step in the ring, step face-to-face with each other and beat the hell out of each other. Undoubtedly, we beat the hell out of each other. We gained respect. We took a little bit from each other. what you did to get that win... Unforgivable, unforgivable and unforgettable. Ryan, you walked into that ring as a man and you escaped that ring as a cow. Cool. I don't know why you felt the need to take the liberty in doing a low flow rap season or not still took the easy way out. So I tell you what the next time we have the opportunity to step in the ring I'll be sure that you won't have a chance to have an easy way out.
0: Mm. 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 In the words of Rick James I think I'm bleeding inside my chest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Ooh. Ooh, that hurts. That hurt a lot. Okay. All right. All right. That's uh that's good. I also like that uh you know, that gladiator quote that you had. See, you're spending too much time watching the greatness of other men. When really you could have been taking all the experiences that you gathered, getting that ass whooping from me when we actually stepped in the ring last time when you're sitting there counting the lights and I'm counting the dollars in the back. Okay. So here's the thing. Look, I I know that you're serious and don't get me wrong. I'm not even going to try and get it twisted, man. I know that you are what you say you are. You're Mr. Everything. Because I went ahead and had this vision of when I got in the ring with you that I was like, man, he's only going to bring this and brought that and this. You brought everything. You brought wrestling. You brought fighting skills and you're downright tough. And trust me, I know there's only about maybe 10 tough guys In the back when you and I were wrestling in Arkansas. But the only difference between you and me is that out of those 10 guys, nine of them call me, sir. Okay. So I'll tell you this, Mr. Everything, the next time, if there will be a next time that you get in the ring with me, instead of just watching movies and watching tapes of other great men, the only thing that you need to do is just watch me beat you again. And I'll take you out to eat after we're done
1: my guy, I trying Bang, 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 bang. bang. Um, oh, man, he gonna take you out to dinner like Diddy. Hey, you <laughs> hurt my feelings.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you hurt my
0: feelings.
1: My hey, <laughs> inside pops, just He just rearranged the inside
0: parts. <laughs> I tell you what, No, man, but, I, tell you what. Yeah. no I was gonna, I, oh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, I, I was going to say, man, from, from the moment we saw each other at the airport, and, and you know,
1: this may be, you know, talking behind the is a big curtain, and, um, you, you've you been an amazing guy, amazing professional, uh, I enjoyed in the ring with you, They helped me elevate my abilities, and, and know where I'm at in terms of uh, professional wrestling and, and, and fighting as a whole and where my talents are, and I truly appreciate you Even with me not having my gear because of airport situation and everything, we still went man. out.
0: Man, <laughs> <laughs> that's tough, man. That's a tough go. But listen, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, the feeling is just not only mutual, and I do appreciate you that. I appreciate my flowers, my friend, and allow me to give you some flowers as well. And this is just honest, okay? Um, I can tell you this, honestly. I've been in the ring with a lot of different guys from around the world. I can honestly say that, and I can tell you, and I meant it when I told you this in the back when we got done, there's not a lot of guys that I can go out there very first time and go out to have the type of chemistry that you and I had, and not only on top of that, but the fact that you and me didn't talk about anything, nothing, zero, and I mean zero, which was crazy because I knew by your cadence and the vibe that you brought in that I already knew you knew what you were doing. And like I said, I saw some matches on YouTube, and I was like, okay, you know, guy's got some skills. He's got good footwork, this, that, whatever. Okay, cool. I can have an idea of what kind of match that we're going we're gonna to have. But the type of vibe that you actually brought was on the fact of like, hey, man, we just want to go out and just get it done. And I'm like, oh, a fellow veteran eh ah you know like a like michelangelo ninja turtles a fellow chucker eh ah, you know <laughs> is it doing the numchucks? and like that was i had that moment with you and then you backed that up in the ring and i'm sitting there going man this dude would kill it in japan if he got that opportunity man that's what i'm talking about this dude here is awesome so buddy Thank you for making that night for me way easier than I thought it was going to be, let alone I thought it was going to be easy in general, but you know what I'm getting at. And it just goes to show your, your test of skills and your level of what you're at. By all my all means, my man, if you ever doubt yourself, trust me when I say that there's no reason to, because you've got the skills, you got the talent, and I'd be more than happy to work you again and again and twice on Sunday, my dude. So uh, on the Lord's Day. So uh yeah, man, it was it was really cool, and I appreciate it, man. And I appreciate you guys for really having me on. Had a lot of fun on this podcast episode. I just looked at the clock, and I'm like, oh, 645. Here we go. (laughs) So got to stretch and get this going and everything. But, man, gentlemen, thank you so much for allowing me to bend your ear for a little bit on this amazing wrestling podcast you guys have. Please keep doing it. Please keep continuing to uh, put out good content and stuff like that. And, um, man, thank you. Thank you for having me on, man. If anybody wants to listen and wants to check out any of my social media, at rdbear57, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you know, Facebook is just Ryan Davidson, by all means. And, uh, you know, love you guys. Appreciate you all. Thank you all so much.
1: And we appreciate you real quick. Um, great interview. Hey, listen, we, we want you to leave the people with a final word. And you dropped a lot of gems during this entire interview, man. But if you had to give one more final word to give a little bit of motivation, a little bit of hope to the people that are listening to you right now. What is your final word?
0: See, man, all I do is drop gems, Brian Renegade. That's 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 all I do, man. I just drop gems. I drop a line of them, multiple lines, a field, if you will, okay? But there ain't no better gym than the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast, man. And I know everybody out here on 2024 is making themselves some New Year's resolutions. They want to make more money. They want to lose more, more weight. They want to go ahead and get the girl or the guy or the job, the status, the house. The only thing that you need to do is to make sure that you cut out a little bit of time each and every week for the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast. And then, of course, if you got some time after that, go ahead and watch some Ryan Davidson matches because you'll never be disappointed because I am the man around here. (laughs) Around these (laughs) (laughs) boss. And Mr. Everything, you and I got unfinished business, brother. Nothing but love and respect, but we got unfinished business, baby. And it's all good. But guys, bless you guys, man. Thank y'all so much. Appreciate y'all. Y'all keep doing what you're doing because y'all do it well.
1: All right. Thank you so much. All right. Later, man. Peace. Oh, man. Another heater. You know what I'm saying? What do I bring? The best book in the business, (laughs) Jack. The best book in the business, man. Oh, man. That was a great interview from the one and only Ryan Davidson. He was dropping some jewels, man. You know what I'm saying? Almost uh, philosophical. <laughs> As we can say. But, but but real quick, real quick, real quick. Did you did you hear what that man said? Did, did you hear him? When he had Wait you said, if, if I had an opportunity in Japan, I could kill it in Japan. Did you hear what he said when he said it? Because I heard what he said when he said it, because I was like, Ooh, I, ain't hear those I ain't hear those thoughts. I <laughs> he hear those <it>. thoughts. L.P., did you hear that? I didn't
2: hear that. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he said, don't never bring your ass to Japan. Yeah, I tell
1: him so more like that. <laughs> people. God, just look. This is the third day of 2024. It's your own people. It's <laughs> <Dang. laughs> <Long> people. <laughs> oh, man. Well, listen. Mr. Everything, let the beautiful people know what you got going on. And where can they find you? Absolutely. Y'all already know I'm wrestling every year. Every year. Every week. <laughs> wrestling every week. Um, got some big things coming up. Uh right now I am finalizing the details for me to wrestle in Germany this June. Ooh. Mr. Okay Erdogan International for the very first time. Excited. I'm, I'm I'm blessed. I'm easy. I am i don't know what I am right now. I'm just like ready. That's what I am. I'm ready. I'm prepared. Like Ryan Davidson said, I'm prepared and I'm ready. I'm going to go out there and get busy. Um, I now have a facility to train in in terms of prefer, um, personal training and, and fitness. So that's a big venture for me right now that I'm so excited for and, and ready for. Um, yeah, man, I'm out here just but it's God year. It's God year for me right now. And and I'm ready and I'm excited, happy, and yeah, man. I could I could say the same thing over and over because it's just it's just what it is. Yeah, man. I love that. It's God shit. Y'all hear that. You know what I'm saying? LPZ, what you got going on and where can the people find you? I saw one of your head pieces. Uh look like you was about to make uh the Statue of Liberty. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to work on something for maternity uh maternity shoot. So I've been going back and forth trying to do that while we while we've been on. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, same old, same old. Photography shows events. Just follow me on Instagram. One click photography shoots with an S. You know, I always got this going on every week. Let's not forget, we always got this going on every every uh, every uh, Wednesday.
1: Yeah, and you uh, you got your own show too, uh, LP, um, talking about fashion and the
2: fashion industry. What? Uh, drop some jewels on that. Oh, yeah, dad. I have another podcast. we just getting it started. This actually be the second episode in January. We're going to do it like once a month. We just talk about modeling stuff, fashion, whatever. Whatever whatever pops up at the time. Um, I do it with Kelly Cunningham. It's called... What is the damn podcast called? I forgot that quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just our opinion podcast. Yeah. Uh, but we just we really about to go full full blast with that. But we just getting that started. So yeah, so I, I'll be doing two podcasts now. I don't know. That's I don't know <laughs> if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I guess I'm people
1: want to hear me talk a little bit. There you go, man. You got a voice that people want to hear, man. Oh man, <laughs> and we got the best damn nation showing you love. Such a dope photographer. All right, boy. L-P-Z. Let You say that. <laughs> Yeah, we're giving flowers this year, Jack. You hear me? (laughs) Oh man, uh, my name is Brian Renegade. You can find me on all platforms at Brian Renegade. Uh, check out what I got going on. Um, I'm so excited uh, for this year, and I got a big announcement to tell you guys, but I just to it's gonna have to wait. But would you, would you, when I tell you, you're going to be like, oh, my God. So, so um, yeah, follow me on all platforms at Brian Renegade and see what I got going on. And you can follow the show uh, and everything that we got going on on all of our social medias. Um, so, You can catch us on Instagram at The Best Damn Wrestling Podcast. Uh, You can check us out on our Facebook group, The Best Damn Wrestling Podcast. You can check out our Facebook page, The BD Wrestling Podcast. You can check us out out on X or formerly known as Twitter, at Best Damn Crew. You can check us out on Twitch at The Best Damn Wrestling Podcast. And you can follow us on TikTok at Best Damn Wrestling Podcast um fellas real quick you know we do this at the end of each show i wanted to really cram me in a lot because there was a lot of stuff that happened man uh including the return of the great one the rock um but you know how we do it we got to give people a, a little bit of motivation a little bit of love i'm gonna start with your boy lpz the genie of the best damn wrestling podcast do you have a word of motivation, a word to get people through their week, a quote, uh an excerpt from the book of L.
2: Oh, man, I, I I think I'll just say just, like, stay positive. Um, I, I think he hit so much stuff on the head about staying positive and you'll get there when it's time to get there. I mean, it's, it, I, I liked a lot of stuff that he said, and that was, like, a big thing that he, he really was bringing up. So, really, just stay positive and keep on pushing. That's that's about to keep it simple
1: today. That's all you got to do. Just keep pushing. Just keep pushing, stay positive. Sometimes to be honest with you, man, that's the hardest thing to do. You know what I'm saying? It's to keep yourself motivated. And and the, and the crazy part is most of the time you put your, your, your things that you want to accomplish on such a high pedestal. And then sometimes when you get there, it feels empty, right? but then you realize it was never the goal to be achieved. It was always the journey and enjoying the journey. You know what I'm saying? So I agree with you LPZ. believe in yourself. You know what I'm saying? It'll get you through. Mr. Everything sitting in your gym, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you have a final word or a word of motivation for your beautiful subjects? yes I do and I've been thinking about this for a while and then this is what I, I wanted to do the last podcast um, but it, my brain was all over the place and it comes from the movie Finding Nemo and it was the scene where the school of fish was telling Dory whenever they get to the uh, what was it like the cabin or something like that to go through it and not over it and when they got there um, while he was looking at it. He was like, No, if that looks dangerous. It looks dark and it's dangerous. We, it's better that we go over it. And she was like, No, no, I'm telling you that I feel like we need to go through it. And he convinced her to go over it. And when they did, they ran into a school of jellyfish. Um, So I want to tell people today sometimes you just got to go through the storm. Don't try to go over it. You, you got you to gotta stay the path, stay the course. Go through that storm because you never know what's on the other side. You know, you don't know what's going on over top of it. You may be more in danger going over it or trying to go around it than just going straight through So keep your eyes focused, keep your mind together, and just go through that storm. You, you'll get to the other side a lot easier. Oh, man. I didn't know where you were going when you first said to find the Nemo thing. I would just just keep swimming. I thought that you was about to say that. I swear. <laughs> I swear. But that, that was a great analogy, man. I, I like that. You know, sometimes you see something and you're like, man, I don't want to go through that, but sometimes that is what builds your character and makes you who you are. You know what I'm saying? The adversity and the things that you go through. Sometimes you don't know how much the character building that we go through whenever we face adversity. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I I had a little altercation. Let me go go ahead. I got to give my final words and I'm kind of go into it. <laughs> but uh, I had a little altercation uh, where I had to get some scraping in with somebody. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize that even though the words that I was saying to the person was not written, my, my energy and and my presence was. And uh, you know, that, that person uh was uh a little fearful and they called the police on me seven police popped up at my door. So <laughs> like man, we starting off the year kind of rough. Uh but I think that you have to be mindful and, and I was very justified in, in all of that, but I think this is my final word. You have to be mindful, um, when the enemy is trying to attack you and you have to be mindful when people try to get you out of your character, you have to be mindful of your energy when it comes to your friends and your family, whenever you're dealing with something personal, because you never know how that may affect them or how you may come up. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I think that going back to what Ryan Davidson said, man, just be prepared. You know what I'm saying? Prepare yourself for the victory as well as the battle. You know what I'm saying? Prepare yourself for the journey as well as the destination. And during that time, watch your energy. Watch the things that you say about yourself. Watch the things that you say about other people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Don't let in the poison of doubt and fear. Um, try to stop the progress that you're making towards a new you and your, your new destiny. You know what I'm saying? Um, and when the enemy comes knocking, don't let them take you out of your game. You know what I'm saying? Stand on all ten toes, stand on business, as TI Sun said, <laughs> stand on business and uh you know, just don't let nobody take you out of your character of who you really are. You know what I'm saying? Because you're gonna be tested, you're gonna be tried. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be times where you're gonna have some, some tough decisions that you gotta face. But uh stay prayed up. You know what I'm saying? Uh stay protected, protect your, 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 your safety, your sanity, uh, your peace and your progress in this new year. no, that was a loaded one, but it's okay. Fellas, how'd you feel about that final word? I like that we all together. Yeah, they always mess together. You know what I'm saying? We all about spread the love, peace, and grease and positivity uh, on this show, <laughs> on this show oh man real quick um lp you got another fashion show coming up my friend
2: uh uh yeah april 28th of this year uh back to the future fashion show uh that'll be my next event and then i got one more fashion show that ain't officially been announced so i'm doing two this year i said i was only doing one but like a dummy, I'm doing two this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Might even do three. Might even do three. You know what I'm saying? We'll see. All right. Well, beautiful people. Hold on, hold on. Before before, whoa, before before, we cut
2: off, I'd like to make this announcement. Even though we only talked about this on the chat. And I don't know when we're going to do this just yet. But we're going to have the trial of that punk ass Roman Reigns Roman I'm definitely I, I, I'm assuming one of y'all gonna be uh, <laughs> Trying to defend the brother I don't know where Chef gonna go But I'm definitely <laughs> against him So somebody gotta be the judge Some, Somebody And uh, I guess the other two gotta try to defend <laughs> But we're gonna have that show soon I don't I know when
1: whoever <laughs> y'all,
2: can, y'all can decide which one of y'all wanna be the judge And which one of y'all wanna Be the defense attorney and try to defend that piece of crap, but you better have your stuff ready because when <laughs> you do that show, I'm gonna destroy. That <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> <laughs> hey so man,
1: I'm interested in being the judge, and I'm also interested in being the defense attorney for Roman Reigns.
2: You can't be, you can't be
1: both now. Well, you know, I kind of wanted to make this one-sided But,
2: you know <laughs> it's okay. I, I feel like the best damn nation going to be the jury we, We're we not going to make All we're going to do is put the case out there The best damn nation is going to vote Based on how we put it out there On what side Maybe I, maybe I can convince some people Who own Roman Nuts To come on <laughs> over here robbing me After I lay out all the damn evidence that that guy
1: uh, a piece of trash. We're gonna we're gonna do that this week, man. Hopefully, we can do it before Friday. I, I like that the trial of Roman Reigns. He said he's going on trial, LP. He's going on trial. Who
2: whoever going to defend? Him, you better have your you better have your receipts.
1: I got. You <laughs> <got to> <laughs> Oh man, that's gonna be a fun show. Uh, doing uh we 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 call it? wrestling court is that what we want to call that wrestling court yeah hey I
2: think that's something. I think that's something we can start doing from you know within different with different topics.
1: I like that. I like that. Especially with some of these repeat offenders in these streets. Oh man. Hey listen fellas uh before I end the show I just want to give a rundown of some of the support that we've been getting lately, Uh, we have some new uh, sponsors that just jumped on board, so let me uh, just give y'all the rundown. of everybody who supports the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast, uh, we got the uh, Fanatics WWE Shop, uh, Southwest Airlines Rapid Rewards just jumped on board, Hilton Honors Rewards just jumped on board, Uh, Marriott uh, Bonvoy uh, just jumped on board, Brickhouse Nutrition Welcome to uh the best damn train. Uh we also got uh discount contact eyeglasses.com, fight sports or fight TV, uh Giardelli Chocolates uh Health Lash.com, Nature Made, Orlando Vacations.com, Pete's Coffee, Russell Stober's Chocolate, STD Chick.com, uh, tourhub Hub, not Pornhub, but tourhub, Hub, uh, Upside app, um, Phoenix Foodies, I Idol Cam and Right Aid just came on board man so uh, welcome to all the sponsors of the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast uh, beautiful people we got some discounts we got all kind of stuff that you could take advantage of from our sponsors so just follow us on all our platforms and whenever you see it just click on it and tell them that the boys at the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast sent you over there they get some goodies fellas It was a great show. We can't hold you no longer. We will see you next week on the next best damn wrestling podcast. Fellas, it is always an honor and a pleasure. Beautiful people, we bid you